In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, I'm super thankful for our music tonight, huh? Wow. Again, thank you, Jacob, for leading us and for everyone that's involved. During communion, the first communion song, we're going to sing one of my favorite hymns, and I'm going to give you a little heads up right now. Um, grab your hymnal. It's, it's not the easiest to sing, but it is, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful melody. It has kind of a little bit of a different rhythm to it. It's a beautiful melody, wonderful lyrics, and it's called, O God, O Lord of Heaven and Earth. The very last verse has some of my favorite lyrics in it, though. Actually, some of the very last lines. So the last verse is a a verse to the Holy Spirit, and it finishes up like this. That in these gray and latter days, kind of describes our times, right? That in these gray and latter days, there may be those whose life is praise, each life a high doxology to Father, Son, and unto thee, Holy Spirit. And so again, our fiat tonight is let doxology be to me as you have spoken. Doxology means a word of praise. Let my life be a word of praise. Let my whole life be one big, bold statement of thanks and praise to Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. But why? Why? Maybe you know these guys from the Despicable Me movies, these yellow, ornery little creatures known as the Minions, right? Who exist to do whatever their wannabe world's greatest criminal known as Gru wants them to do. They're there to be his little servile underlings. Now, this movie, of course, is um, at the end of the day, it's meant to be funny and it's silly and Gru and all of his minions, they all end up being good guys at the end, right? But sometimes we might wonder, is that actually the point, right? That, that God created us to be his little minions, his servile underlings, to, to praise him and thank him and tell him how great he is for all eternity. Is God actually an egotistical megalomaniac? Is that why? No, of course not. But why? Why? Well, we're going to do, as we do every week, words that you know really well. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Thanks and praise. And then tonight, I'm going to go on and I'm going to say these words. It is truly right and just and our duty, because God is great, amen, but also our salvation always and everywhere, to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty, and Eternal God. For although you have no need of our praise, listen to this, yet our thanksgiving is itself your gift, since our praises add nothing to your greatness, but profit us for salvation through Christ our Lord. I mean, it is right, and it is just, and it is our duty to give God praise and thanks But the thing that's just so absolutely mind-blowing is that a life of doxology is actually his gift to us. It's it's for our good and for our benefit. Where are we going with this? Let's look at the story then of the ten lepers. Leprosy is an awful disease. Literally rots and decays your body to the point that 
parts begin to fall off until you die, and it's so contagious you can't be with anybody else, so it separates you from your loved ones. But it is it very horrifically, very graphically, describes the deeper disease that we all have called sin. Because isn't that what sin does to us? It rots and it decays our souls to the point that we die. And our sin separates us from our loved ones and from God himself. These ten lepers cry out to Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And Jesus gives them great mercy, pours it out upon them, and they're cleansed. Can you imagine how elated you would be? How, how your, that death sentence of leprosy that's been hanging over you, it's, now it's gone. And so the nine do what Jesus told them to do, go to the priest, and presumably then they went back to their old life, back to their family and to their friends. I mean, again, how wonderful. But Jesus is a little upset, isn't he? Why? Is he just angry because, well, they were rude and they were ungrateful and they didn't come back and give me my due? No, 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 no. See, Jesus wanted to give them something more. He wanted to give them something more. They wanted to go back to their old life. He wanted to give them a new life. They were only interested in the healing, not the healer. And a lot of us do the same thing, don't we? In fact, actually, we all do the same thing. We treat God like he's our minion to do what we want, and whenever we get what we want from him, then we, well, we forget about him. All ten were cured of leprosy, but only the one who returned in thanks and praise was healed. Jesus says to him, your faith has saved you. Saved could also be translated from the Greek as healed. Your faith has healed you. But of course it wasn't his faith that healed him, as if there was sort of some inner energy in him that did it. No, 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 no. Jesus healed him. It was his faith that received that gift from Jesus. And then Jesus said, and I changed the reading on this a little bit because the, it's more literally, it's rise and go. Jesus gave the Samaritan a resurrection. The implication here is that now he's going to go with Jesus from this point forward. He's not going to go back to his old life. He's going to go with Jesus now to this new life. And Jesus, as you heard, is on his way to Jerusalem. Now, the point of Jerusalem up to this point in God's great big story is the temple and the sacrifices that the priests offer. In fact, the whole Old Testament Jewish law is all about how do you take something that is unclean and make it clean. In fact, Leviticus 14, a whole chapter is dedicated to leprosy and skin diseases and how you make someone clean. So the nine go off to the Old Testament Jerusalem. They go off to the temple and to the priests and they offer the sacrifices to be made clean and then go back to their old life. What's interesting is that the Samaritan would have never been allowed into the temple. We know from archaeology, we've dug it up, that there was a sign that hung outside the temple in Jerusalem. When Jesus calls him this foreigner, 
that very same Greek word is used on that sign to say, no foreigner may enter. But the whole point is, see, there is now a new temple and a new priest and a new sacrifice made to come to cleanse us from the leprosy of our sin. The Samaritan returned in thanks and praise and received even more. See, that's what our thanks and praise does. It returns us to the Lord. This is how it then saves us. This is how it saves us. It it begins to spark this beautiful cycle. A life of doxology is like this beautiful cycle, this rhythm of life. God gives you something great, and you come to him in thanks and praise, and he gives you something even more, and you come back to him in thanks and praise, and more. A life of doxology opens up the eyes of your heart, the eyes of faith to see all the gifts that God has given to you. In fact, to see that everything is gift. Everything. Now, it's easy, we all know, it's easy to be grateful when something great happens, but much harder when something hard happens. And when something difficult comes our way in life, we essentially have three choices. One, we can fight it, resist it. It's probably not going to change a thing, is it? It's going to make it even worse. We're going to be miserable. Second, we can just sort of acquiesce to it. Eh, yeah, you know what? It is what it is. Can't change it. Well, that's better than number one, but that's not faith yet, is it? Or third, we can embrace it. As painful as it might be, say, let it be to me. And by embrace it, I mean we embrace it with faith, with hope, with expectation that that God is somehow, we don't know how, we don't understand, God is still somehow going to take this and turn it into a gift, that he's going to work it somehow for our own good, or he's going to use it through us to do a good in somebody else's life. That's, that's how even when something difficult comes to us, we still return to him in thanks and praise. What, remember the, the book of Job? Ever read the book of Job? The life's, guy had everything and lost everything. And what does he say? The Lord has given, the Lord has taken away, so whatever to God? No, what does he say? Blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Still, blessed be the name of the Lord. Friends, in just a few moments, we're going to take this bread and wine. Who's bringing them up tonight? Over here, the Lakers, thank you. The Lakers are going to bring forward the bread and the wine for all of us. A little bit of food, a little bit of drink, the things that we need to live on. So these are symbols of our livelihood, our lives. And we're going to bring those gifts of bread and wine forward, and we're going to take them and put them into the hands of our priest. Jesus, not me. I'm here just to represent Jesus. We're going to put them in the hands of Jesus. And we're going to offer them up. And you know what we say. We're going to offer them up. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands, Jesus, for the praise and glory of his name. Why? Because we're his minions? What do we say? What's the next thing? For our, you know it, for our good 
and the good of all his holy church. And from that moment forward, for the rest of our time here together tonight, our praises are going to just keep on rising and keep on ascending until we come to the point in the liturgy that we call the high doxology. And I'm going to lift up the bread and the wine in which Jesus is now present, which Jesus has now taken our lives, joined them to his, and we're going to lift it up, and then I will cry out through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Our hearts at this moment now are wide open in praise and thanks and faith. And then what happens? See, what we've done is we've returned to God, just like the Samaritan. Then what happens? God gives us something even more. He gives us Jesus, who we receive in the Holy Communion. And then right after that, very pretty soon right after that, when we, we're gone. We go. Go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life. Your life, a high doxology. You go out of this place tonight, not to live your old life of this last week, to live your new life with Jesus still in you. Your life, a big, bold statement of thanks and praise to him. So two more things before we go. Not before we go, before I finish. Two more things, real quick thing. The first one's a very practical thing, because the point is not to do it for an hour a week. Give God his due. Of course not. We know, you know that, right? This is for our life. Go and glorify him with your life. It's a lifestyle. Maybe you already do this. Awesome. If you don't, try this. When you get up in the morning, you rise, you get a little resurrection to live a new life. So in the busy hustle of your morning, take just at least a few moments to give him praise and thanks for that day and to dedicate the day to him. And at the end of the day, return to him again and thank him and praise him and try to think of the specific gifts that he gave you that day. Get into that rhythm. Morning and evening, praising and thanking him. And watch what happens to the rest of your day. How your eyes will start to be more and more open to his gifts and his goodness that are throughout your day. Here's the last thing. Think for yourself for a moment one of the happiest moments of your life. Absolutely just filled with joy. Something great probably happened. Or maybe you were just so thankful for a person in your life and your heart is just flooded. Maybe tears are streaming down your face. And pretty soon as that thankfulness, that gratitude swells in you, it begins to rise up to God, doesn't it? You can't help it. You can't help it to let it rise up to him and to thank him and praise him. And your heart is just so full, right? Just so full of joy and, and happiness and bliss. It's like, it's like in that moment you're in heaven. And what are we going to do in heaven? Praise him and thank him for all of his gifts. Each life a high doxology for all eternity. 
Oh, let doxology be to me and to you as he has spoken. Amen? Amen? Let me give you a moment before we go any further to just reflect on your life. Let that praise and thanks, even if it's difficult, let it start swelling in your heart right now.